Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast Episode 283 for December 9th, 2019. Today's guest is director T. Cooper. I'm so excited. We're talking about his film Man Made. It's an award-winning feature-length documentary which traces the lives of four transgender men as they prepare to step on stage at the only all-trans bodybuilding competition in the world. Okay? The film is great. T is fantastic. And I can't wait for you to hear this interview. I am your host, Michael Heron. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I have been sending this podcast to your ears for 14 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron or email me at MikeyPod at gmail.com. Hello. I have a show this Wednesday. I'm going to give you all my little details before we get to the interview. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to, yeah. And I'm not going to do the thing I was just about to say I'm going to. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, this Wednesday night, Judson Memorial Church. I got a show. It's my quarterly show. It's called The Benevolent People's Hour of <laughs> Story and Song. It's such a long name. I'm still learning how to say the name of my own show. It's okay. The Benevolent People's Hour of Story and Song. Isn't that a good name? Do you think it's a good name? I think it's a good name. I got a lot of questions for all of you guys, all of you. Um, so the show, this Wednesday, 7.15, come to Judson Memorial Church. It's 55 Washington Square South, if I'm not mistaken, um, right right below Washington Square which I get, hence the name of the street, Washington Square South. Uh, it's a historic church, activism, queerness, artistry. It's a brilliant place, and I'm doing this show there every quarter. Last one, okay, too many details about what's happening, except the thing that's happening. Um, my guest, Chloe Kozer, who if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, well, not that long, because it was only a few months ago that she was on the show. She's a comedian, and she'll be doing some singing. Um, Kirsten Marilyn has been a regular guest. My friends Jen and Jenny are singing with me on another song. We've got Sing Out Louise, which is the activist um, Christmas carolers. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it any better than that. Uh, who did I leave out? Nolan Duran, and he'll be singing a song. He's a, uh, uh, I don't, a lot to say. There's a lot to say. <laughs> so come. It's $10 donation, which will go back to Judson Arts. Um, or you could pay whatever you want, and no one will be turned away. There's free food, which is available to anyone, regardless of how much you pay to get in. Free food. It's community. It's great music. I'm going to do a few new pieces and then a cover and maybe another cover. I'm still working that all out. It's in two days, so I better get on it. I just would love for you to come. So really, the the donation thing is sort of to the side. Like if you don't have money to come or you don't want to pay to come, don't pay. <laughs> just walk in. No one, the people that want to pay have to find the thing. Like, <laughs> So definitely pay if you can. But if you don't want to or you can't or you'd rather save that money for your lunch tomorrow and you're running tight, come. Just come and have food and see the show. That's the point of the whole thing. Um, that said, I'm revamping some things for our hen, uh, for uh, 2020. Uh, our hen house is the next topic. I've been working for our hen house, the podcast. It's a, a vegan women, queer women run podcast that I love. I have decided to step away from my role there in the interest of carving out more time in my creative life. Um, it's a little bit of a risk financially, 
but I'm going to trust that putting all of that energy into putting out all the work I've been dreaming of getting out and feeling a little guilty about not putting out into the world um, will sustain me. And I'm having faith that my work is good enough. I'm saying these things in perhaps a robotic way because I am faking it until I make it. Are you in that place with anything in your life? Let me know so maybe we can do this together. Everything's going to be fine, but I'm definitely like, okay, I'm putting creativity as a priority over finances again, but I'm also being very aware of finances. It's a new balance and it's going to be okay, but I have to have momentum. And one of the things I want to do is make sure this podcast happens every single week. I've been calling it a Monday release date. Um, and I'll have more time to make sure it happens. But I wonder if you all have a preference for what day this podcast comes out. Let me know, MikeyPod at gmail.com. Um, and that's all of my stuff. Oh, another thing. I have to start speaking into being that I am going to India to work with Animals Aid, uh, Animal Aid Unlimited in Udaipur, India in March. I don't know how that's happening either. <laughs> um, I'm putting in for grants. I'm um, telling people about Patreon and I'm making art and putting it into the world and trusting that the universe is going to accept this work and spread it around. So if you like the stuff that I do, feel free to spread the word. The other thing I want to say, and I still haven't found a polite sounding way of saying this, <laughs> that's not, well, promoting Patreon is a little bit challenging for me. Uh, Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. But one thing that is a beautiful representation of how Patreon works is this show that I have coming up Thursday night. I'm able to um, share this space with other artists, raise money for Judson. I don't take any of the money that comes in at the door. Um, and also, also uh, because of this sort of community I'm building around this quarterly show, I have people bringing food that they're just donating. So there's going to be all of this vegan food for people to come and eat. A show that is free or $10 or $1, whatever you want to pay. And I'm able to do it, and I'm able to miss the work that I have to m miss to do it and work and make the show because of the people on Patreon who subscribe to my work. They get free stuff like a, a, the zine every quarter. There are lots of different stuff that you get on Patreon. If you're interested in this flow, which I think is really cool and a beautiful thing, and uh, it's it's kind of what I'm trusting in for the fall, for 2020, um, Stop in. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. I, I don't know that I could say it any other way than that. And if you have, I think that's good. I have to stop making excuses for wanting to be able to make work. And money in our capitalist society is required. So there it is. I hope you enjoy the upcoming interview with T. Cooper. <laughs> I'm speaking in a halting way. And I'm not sure why. Um, I want to play a track for you first. This is from Ray Spoon. Uh, they have a new album called Mental Health. Uh, they've been on the podcast once before, maybe twice. Um, this is a track from Ray's new album. It's called Inheritance.
the hospital and you held me all night to put it off. You knew they wouldn't see me in the way that I need, and they would just mess me up more than I was. Joining me now on the podcast again is T. Cooper, director, author, um, all kinds of different stuff that we're going to hear about today. Thanks, T, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. specific thing that made me want to bring you on the podcast was that Man Made, your documentary film, is now streaming. It's on iTunes and Amazon Prime. Am I right? Are there any other places it can be found? Uh, yeah, you can find it on Vimeo and uh, Google Play as well. Oh, I love it. Yay. So I got to see it. When it was here in New York at, uh, I think it was, it's Outfest is the name of that film festival, right? Uh, New Fest. New, New Fest. Outfest, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just watched it a second time, which I was excited to do um, at home on my TV, which is great. <laughs> um, can you give me a quick or give us a quick uh, rundown about the premise of the film? Sure. Um, so it is a feature length uh, documentary. It's kind of a sports competition documentary with multi subjects. Um, and it is about four transgender men um, and their lives on the path to stepping on stage at the only all transgender bodybuilding competition in the world, which happens to take place in Atlanta, Georgia. There's so many levels of what happens in the film. And I I have a terrible memory to begin with, but I'm glad I watched it again. It it doesn't just go into the contest. I mean, we see some really intimate experiences of um, the the contestants that you. There are four four contestants, and then like kind of a fifth that sort of hops in too, right toward the yep. end. Yeah, um, and we get some intimate details about what they're going through um, as a transition and uh, all, all different kind of things, which, which makes it like a. It's beautiful. It's a really beautiful film and a great uh, a lot of different perspectives that are thrown together. So I guess that is to say congratulations on making this thing. Yeah, thank you. I definitely, you know, I, you know, obviously we'll probably talk a little bit more about it. But for me, as a trans filmmaker, making a film about essentially my community, which I did not see represented really anywhere um, in depth and authentically um, and realistically, you know, for me, yes, they are trans and that's something that unites them. And yes, they're bodybuilders and going to this competition is something that unites them as well. But for me, the transness of it kind of falls away pretty quickly because, you know, trans people are way more than just their transition. You know, if every human was limited to this one piece of information about them or one period of their life or one, you know, so-called identity, then it'd be, it's very limiting to, to, um, and almost dehumanizing to, to suggest that trans people are all about their transitions or surgery or even just their bodies. So we went kind of all the way into that and then all the way out of it in the course of this film. Yeah, I get that. That's an interesting thing. And it's an interesting sort of 
question for me as as a cisgender person, you know, I also don't want to make the film about, oh, this is a film about trans bodybuilders. Like, just, like, simplify it like that. Uh, it's, it's really interesting, and you struck a great balance that I'm curious about the process of finding of what you just said. You know, like, we do see, we see someone's surgery, someone's top surgery in the film, but it still feels like the whole film is a human experience, not specifically a trans experience. Did I, did I say that in a way that makes any sense? Yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that, yeah, let's just even take that character, um, the character Dominic, who's one of the four main characters. He lives in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and in the course of the film, you know, like many competition films, we kind of start at one competition and then we spend the year leading up to the next competition. And in that first competition, Dominic appears on stage pre-top surgery, um, you know, with, with chest breast tissue and he come, he takes third place. Right. And, and in the period between that first competition and the next one, he is fortunate enough to have top surgery surgery, which is something for him that was, you know, wholly important about his body kind of falling into place and the vision of himself and just the body that he's most comfortable in. And so we get to see him step on stage again, post-top surgery, right? But also with Dominic, and this is, you know, not not trying to spoil anything, but, you know, another thing that happens to him in the course of filming in that year between competitions is he puts out a video on Facebook and um, locates his biological mother, um, who, you know, he's adopted and, and he never met her. Um, barely knew anything about her. And he, it was just kind of one of those miracle moments that happened. And he actually meets his mother um, and goes to Boston, um, suburban Boston, and meets her for the first time. And, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, the the top surgery was this super important thing in his life. And this external stuff was falling into place. But that core human, who am I? What is my identity? Literally, where did I come from? You know, those pieces are have nothing to do with being transgender and have everything to do with what it means to, to know who you are and figure out who you are. And for me, that is just as important, or I would say even more important about the pieces falling into his life as, as far as becoming a man, becoming a human, becoming an adult, you know, uh, more than the top surgery, like that, like that, that those pieces, you know, transcend gender identity and, and even any human identity. I mean, he literally finds out that his racial identity is different than something, you know, mm. he'd been his whole life. Yeah, I, I think it's really beautiful. You know, when, when that story starts unfolding and I'm having that like no spoilers feeling. So if you haven't watched the film yet and you don't want spoilers, maybe don't listen to this part or go watch the film and come back. Um, <laughs> the, I, I had this sense of like, oh no, how is his biological mom going to react to the fact that he's now transitioned? Um, and, and it's beautiful. Like, and, and is that his brother in the scene too? His biological yeah. brother? Is half, half brother, yeah. Yeah, they're just okay. Like you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful scene. Like having that be the outcome, you know. So it 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 really rounds out so much, like you said, of of it being an experience of you know people finding who they are. Oh yeah, so important to him in that moment, and um, it's kind of it was just we got real lucky to be able to portray those two things happening. I mean, really monumental things happening in his life. And, and it was just as a trans filmmaker, he's trying to not make everything about trans, trans, trans. Um, it was a gift to get to show that, um, you know, life is much more than that, especially for this guy. Yeah. Uh, there was, there's a quote that I wrote down and now I can't remember who said it. Um, I, maybe it was Dominic's, uh, partner saying something like seeing Dominic see himself, for the first time, maybe it was his mother that said, do you remember the quote that I'm talking about? That's me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. 
that was oh yeah 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 um that that right after like covering his surgery yeah like yeah what what happened was um and, and this is actually you know very granular filmmaking stuff that might or might not be interesting but you know I had filmed in the surgery suite with him you know literally getting up at 4 a.m you know I was there all day six hour surgery like I literally left the surgery suite for you know 10 minutes to pee um, and I filmed the whole thing. I was there for the whole thing. I went home with him for the recovery. And um, before the surgeon uh, bandaged him up, she was like, hey, do you want to snap a picture? Not with my camera, but with my like iPhone. And I was like, sure. So I took it, really not even thinking about it. And later when Dom was kind of, you know, a little bit more lucid and coming out of the painkillers, his partner, Thea, um, at the time showed him that photo. And I actually really quickly picked up my camera and filmed him seeing it. And, um, it was just like such an emotional moment. And obviously it was already height, you know, height of emotions because of the day of filming and everything that was going on and literally life or death stuff happening. And so, um, yeah, I, what happened was, is I went outside, I held it together during filming and it was so emotional. Um, but when I stepped outside, I just like lost it and mm. cause it was so powerful and so, it, it, well, I mean, that's what I say in that moment. I literally turned the iPhone on myself and I don't even really know why. Like, was I going to send it to my wife? Was I just keeping it for myself? I don't even know. But I had that footage of me just being like, holy shit, you know, seeing him see himself for the first time. It just knocked me out. You know, it, it, just getting to see somebody see what they've always seen um, their whole lives, but haven't been able to until that moment was really, really moving. And so, yeah, that was one of those moments that that, you know, we decided to include in the film because the, 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 the filmmaking process was a part of the film, whether, whether you knew it or not, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like there were so many moments where a non-trans filmmaker would not have been invited into certain situations or would not have even known certain situations. And so there were just little knowing moments that were very organic that, um, you know, when we made a cut without them, you know, our, my viewers, my partners, you know, producing partners and everyone, editor, writer, were like, we're missing something. And then we put some of those moments in and we were like, ah, that's it. Like, mm. there was just these little moments of authenticity and organic intersection between the filmmaker and the subject that um, that just felt, you know, like right to include. And that was one of them. Yeah, I, I really appreciated those parts, too. I, partly maybe because I have talked to you before and know you. But also, I, I really appreciate that the value of seeing you as a human being being affected by the film you were making. You know, like it, it was it was a nice con connection for me too. Cool. That's cool. as someone who hasn't had the experience of being transgender, I now feel like I have a better understanding of what it's like because of moments like that and because of the way that you told the, a more holistic story. Has that been a common reaction to the film? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it was a lot of pressure from myself mostly to make the film be almost everything to everybody, <laughs> which mm. is an impossible task, but I felt comfortable going for it because I wanted a trans guy like me who never saw his story um, to, to watch the film and go, oh my God, that's the first time I've seen myself on, you know, on screen and not as like a side joke or as a woman playing me or, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, it was just like, th that was important to me, A. And I think by virtue of my making it, that that was going to be something that, you know, would not slip through the cracks. But in being super granular 
um, and being super authentic. You also could lose people who feel like it's so particular and you're looking at this tiny little corner of a tiny little corner of a population, right? And um, so that was something that was on the forefront all the time was just to have relatable human moments, some of which had to do with a journey that that involves transition and 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 most of which were journeys that weren't about transition um and so you know it was a kind of a constant ba- balance and also figuring out who to portray because there were obviously a lot more folks competing in the competition than we were able to to, to feature and i filmed a lot more um guys that just it, it, it's not that they didn't make the cut because there was anything wrong with their stories. It was just like I needed to be very mindful of which beats to hit and not to hit the same beats over and over, you know. So I really wanted someone who had a kid, for instance. Um, you know, I wanted I just wanted a lot of diversity in, in, in color, in age, especially in geography, because I think when we think of trans communities, we think of the coasts. And most of the guys live in the middle of the country. Right. Like, yeah, our- saw, you know, uh, Ohio, Minneapolis, you know, St. Paul, Atlanta. So yeah, it, 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 like it was really about the selection of the stories and what was happening in their lives. And as I said, in their paths to stepping on stage, um, to, to not hit that same note. And, and, and even though like, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, like Kenny, the character Kenny, who lives in Conway, Arkansas, um, he has a partner. And when we see him step on stage, at the first competition, he's hasn't he doesn't even know he's going to step on stage. He doesn't even know he's going to transition. And and through the process of being in that bodybuilding competition and being around all those other guys, he decided to transition and take steps toward hormone replacement therapy and whatnot in the course of the film. But when we meet him, he's partnered with a lesbian. They're for all intents and purposes a lesbian couple. Uh, his partner DJ is very very uh, honest about hey like. I don't want to be with a man. I'm a lesbian. Like I, you know, I gave up a lot. Like my, literally my family disowned me because I'm a lesbian and I don't want to just slip into, you know, being a straight couple. And I think it was like that, that relationship is so universal. And I think that so many folks who have no familiarity with the trans community, I think that was a real way in because here you are looking at a a couple um, that's a stand in for all couples and all relationships and whether familial or romantic, you know, like, if you're in a relationship, when your partner changes or when your loved one changes, what does that mean to you? How, how does that change your identity or does it? And are you down for change or are you not? You know, it, does love transcend change? All those questions I feel are so universal. And, um, you know, his identity as a trans man is no more or less important than her identity as a lesbian. And, and, and how do we work those things out as humans in relation to one another? And I think that's super relatable to anybody, um, trans or not. I really was interested by that storyline for those reasons. And, and also the way that DJ's perspective was treated with compassion. You know, you could see her sort of grappling with the idea of like, what, what does it mean for me to be a person who loves Kenny, but might not anymore or might not be attracted to him anymore. The more, the closer he becomes to transitioning to a male body. I don't know if I said that in a great way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 is it you know like that's a that's a real. I mean, she says something like, "I'm maybe I'm just being shallow, bitch, or something." I don't know what the line is, but yeah. it's like, if you love someone and you're attracted to them, you know what I mean? Like these externals shouldn't necessarily, you know, are are, are the the good person stuff on our shoulder, you know, the, the angel on our shoulders, like that shouldn't matter, you know, like. But you have deck, you know, like like millennia of human history 
um, and, and gender oppression and gender roles and, and all sorts of, of shit that's playing into that, you know, as far as even just going out in the world and being perceived as a straight couple, you know what I mean? Like, that's just seems like not a big thing. And, and honestly, a lot of people might be like, oh, cool. Like, you don't have to worry about oppression and this, that, the other thing. But that's something that was hard won for her and important to her. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think it was really kind of, brave of her to, um, share that and be honest about it and, and put herself out there for people being like, well, you know, fuck her. Like he's the same person, but you know, like, I don't know how, how, when we change, do our, our loved ones change with us or don't. And, and it's their right to, or not to as well. Yeah. And, and I guess it presents for me that idea of like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm going to react to any given situation or how I'm going to feel, you know, like I may not be, a nice guy like like I want to believe you know like it's it's so that was a really interesting yeah. yeah 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 um I'm curious about your process too as a filmmaker because I think one of the things that attracts me to your work um in addition to the fact that I just love it is the fact like this film that I I'm the type of person that also creates things and I have this like I wonder if I could I have an idea and you know make a film am I understanding correctly that this was your first film? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was my first documentary and I had made like a short film, an animated short based off of one of my own graphic novels before, but I had like a collaborating director and artist and stuff. So yeah, this was my first, like, I found out about this story. I'm going to make a film about it. That was, this is the first time that it turned into a film version of storytelling rather than written. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the, the path from that idea to it happening, I guess, I mean, I'm sure that could be a pretty long story, but you know, whatever parts of that, that, that are, you, you like yeah. want to share. Well, I mean, I, so I, I guess, you know, I've started out as a novelist really. Um, but, but also, to, you know, told a lot of nonfiction stories, journalism, you know, I published one nonfiction book, um, you know, like published nine novels, um, from, from a, mostly adult. And then more recently, like my wife and I collaborated on a young adult novel series. And so like, I guess I, th- I think what's happened over my lifetime, along with the industry, especially like the publishing industry changing, honestly, is that, um, I've been able to let the subject matter kind of dictate what form or what medium a story will take. And so for this one, um, when I first heard about the competition, I was extremely excited about it. And I was like, what is this? I was just as surprised as anyone else would be like, Oh my God, these trans guys are standing up on stage in like tiny little mankinis, you know what I mean? And, (laughs) you know, and, 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 and they also didn't look like traditional like bodybuilders. And that was super interesting to me. Um, so anyway, like, yeah, I mean, my first thought, my first impulse was to write about it. Um, and, um, in a two dimensional on the page way, I pitched the story around, and some editors were interested, which is great. But when I started kind of doing more work that you do and research, it just felt like that wasn't going to do it. You know, and again, it goes back to me going, I don't feel like, you know, I think when you think of transgender stories, most people think of trans women and they think of pretty tragic fucking things happening, like people dying, people being beaten up, people mm-hmm. making their families miserable because of their transition, you know, like a, a, whatever it is, like you know, trans people are a victim because of their transness. And I get that. I get that cis, the cis kind of dominating people in Hollywood making decisions, they feel like people need to suffer to make us care about them. Like I, you know, it's, it's not just with trans people, it's Jewish, it's black. It's, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I get that impulse, 
But um, once I realized, wow, the story is really different. I'm the guy to do it. You know, that's when I just was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make a film about this. Um, and I, I done some, you know, I did a radio show, you know, radio reporting, which is, which is similar to documentary filmmaking in the sense of, of recording and editing. Um, it's just without pictures. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I found a producing partner and they literally lent me a camera and some audio equipment and I kind of learned how to use that and um, started applying for grants. I also, you know, the, the producing partner put up a little money for me to travel and for us to shoot that first competition. And um, really from there, like I literally got one grant out of the, the million that I applied for and I was really lucky it was a Sundance grant and, you know, they gave they gave us some money and I, I fundraised and then shot and fundraised and shot. And, you know, you just... It was like there was no way I was not going to finish telling the story, mm-hmm. even though literally every day there was a million reasons to give up. Yeah. Uh, I love like I love that type of story because I, I think I mean, it's it's empowering to me as an artist who is interested specifically in like, I wonder if I could make a film one day. But just in general, this idea that, oh, we don't I, I think we get really bogged down the idea of I'd never went to film school, so I don't make films, you know, and it doesn't have to be like that, especially now, like so much technology is readily available for us to do this stuff. So yeah, thanks. I'm like, thanks for making the film. Thanks for (laughs) making the film, like all these different (laughs) levels of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, you know, especially in this world, the way that our world is changing, like, you know, I'm not trying to be a downer, but like people just don't care about stories unless you make them care. And also unless there's a certain sort of corporate capitalist backing of them. And so, you know, there are so many places outside of that structure to do the work. Um, but it's really hard because you're, you're, you're working in the face of indifference and that's monetarily and that's culturally. And, you know, it's no, you know, I got, I have no problem saying, and it's not even, it's not even sour beans or what is that? Sour, 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 grapes. sour grapes. Yeah. What's the beans one? Uh, uh, spill the beans. I know it's not that it's <laughs> oh, well, whatever. It's not sour grapes or beans. Um, but, but it's no, you know, it's no coincidence that the trans films, especially the ones that were kind of out, you know, kind of when mine were, um, you know, the ones that got the attention, the ones that got bought by the Netflixes and the HBOs and stuff were made by cis people. Like, it's Mm. just, it's like, I get it because that lens is more familiar that again, constant focus on the trouble of being trans and the the transness of their lives to the exclusion of any other part of their lives. Like I get that's more familiar. You got to focus on what's different. But anyway, I guess what I'm saying is like, there's still space outside of that system to, to do this stuff. And yeah, fewer people will see it, but ideally the people that do will be changed um, in a way that, that, you know, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to if, if they didn't see the film. I think it's valuable. Like, you know, um, you probably, I, I, this probably isn't a surprise. I don't know why I'm like being careful about saying this. Like cisgender gay guys are kind of a shit show, like, like <laughs> about this yeah. topic in particular. And I'm speaking as a cisgender gay guy. Um, so I think it's valuable for <laughs> my people does you know what i mean to see this because of what you're talking about like you cover the entire experience and like in this you know like i i found the i think this separate point but the the contest itself um was beautiful you know all it was like everybody showed up from like completely ripped huge guys to like uh i just had my surgery and I haven't lost this belly yet. And you know, like, but it looked like, and I'd love to hear if it was like this in person, it, it was this 
welcoming experience. Like it looked like everyone was just like, yeah, come on up. Like, was that what it was like in, in reality? Yeah. I mean, that's what attracted me to making this whole film in the first place was the fact that every body type, every stage of development, both as a trans person, but also as a human, um, is welcome and celebrated. And if you, if you're a trans dude, and you want to compete and and you've worked hard or however however hard you've worked you're welcome to get up there and and th- that moment you know that's what's so beautiful about it and that's what's so emo- emotional for me even still when i see those competition scenes is you, that moment in the spotlight right it, it's like it's so vulnerable it's so it's something i would not i would never fucking do that uh, no matter what i look like um but <laughs> it's like they're they're being seen and celebrated and and just welcomed and accepted for who they are. <laughs> like it doesn't matter, you know, w- where they're at. And and I'm not even saying that in like everyone gets a blue ribbon way. Like it's a very competitive situation, but it's also one that is incredibly singular because where else is everyone accepted and and not judged poorly for who they are at that stage in their life? You know what I mean? Like there's no looking forward. There's no looking back. It's like, there's that moment, you know, that's, that's where you are in your life journey or transitional journey or whatever. And, um, you know, everyone's clapping for you and, and there's so much camaraderie. And even though it's competitive, like, you know, like the one character Mason, like he says, he's like, you know, in the moment, he's just so proud. He's like, I'm so proud of everybody for, for being here and making it here and literally just being alive, first of all. And then second of all, for being there and, and, and being, you know, strong enough to step on stage. Yeah, uh, that, uh, it's, it's uh, I'll say it again. It's just so good, T. I love <laughs> the film. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, um, we should wrap up this part of the interview. Um, but I worry I've left anything out. People know where to check out the film. Um, anything that you want to throw out about the film that we didn't discuss already? Uh, yeah, no, like I said, just, I hope that folks, if they see the film, you know, they, they, they give it a chance and, and, um, if they're touched by it, you know, to share it. And, um, there's tons of, you know, information on our website. If you want to read more about the the guys or you want to find them on social media or, you know, we have swag, we have these like cool man-made t-shirts, which go to kind of help us recoup the, uh, cost of the film and um you know it's manmadedoc.com and we're on uh, instagram and twitter as well at the same manmade doc love it and if you're listening to this podcast don't go wild looking for a pen if you don't have one to write that down you can just go to mikeypod.com and all those links will be in the show notes for this episode thank you so much for joining me t and um people who are listening i'm we're gonna t and i are gonna talk a little bit more uh for a special bonus podcast episode for uh subscribers on patreon so patrons make sure you check that out t thank you so much for joining me take care thanks for having me my fellow americans the subject i want to discuss with you peace and national security is both timely and important Timely because I've reached a decision which offers a new hope for our children in the 21st century. And important because there's a very big decision that you must make for yourselves. This subject involves the most basic duty that any president and any people share. The duty to protect and strengthen the peace. We can't afford to believe that we will never be threatened. There is no country. There's only corporate you and me you go off to war do you know who you're fighting for leave me all alone 
That was No Country for Odd Men from Kirsten Marilyn, who will be joining me this Wednesday night at Judd's Memorial Church, the Benevolent People's Hour of Story and Song, <laughs> 7.30 door, sorry, 7.15 door, 7.30 show, uh, come. That's all I got for you this week. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Patrons, be sure to check out the bonus episode coming out in a couple of days just for you on Patreon. I'll see you next week. <laughs>